and three homes on fire in the East Bay Hills. The update from firefighters on the scene as they tried to keep the flames from spreading. This is CBS News Bay Area with Juliet Goodrich. Good evening. Half Moon Bay still reeling from the shootings that left seven people dead. Since the tragedy, we've heard from the investigators, community leaders, even the governor, but not from the people at the center of it all who survived it until now. Sarah Donchi is here with us with the story of one man who says he had some troubling interactions with the suspect right before the shootings. Yeah, really kind of chilling information from him. And this is, as you mentioned, the first time mm -hmm. that we're hearing from the people who work at these mushroom farms where these horrific shootings happen, which has very clearly left a lot of people very shaken, of course. The farm workers we spoke with today did not want to be identified. We aren't showing their faces. And with this one man, we distorted his voice. And he spoke to us in Spanish. He said he came to the U.S. way back in 19. For a better life, a better job. He talked about his relationship with the suspect and said he had anger issues at work, even. He said the suspect was fired after he had an altercation with him directly. So, again, this man said he got in a fight, an argument with the suspect. It escalated. The suspect hit him when this happened. As far as the shooting, the worker thinks that his life was spared because he had gone to go pick up his daughter from school and he wasn't at work when this all happened. He said he later found out on the news that the suspect had been arrested. When asked what he would say to the shooter if he could speak with him, the alleged shooter, the man we interviewed said he wouldn't, that he does not want to speak to him at all. He also said the shooting has left him feeling very nervous and very scared. The suspect, 66-year-old Chun Li Zhao, was charged with seven counts of murder last week and is due to be arraigned on February 16th. Today, we also heard from a woman who was actually there when the shooting happened, when the suspect opened fire. And Juliet, we will have her story coming up on the late news at 11. But with all of these people, it's very clear that this has been so traumatic and understandably so. Uh, absolutely, and they're returning back to work, mm -hmm. and all of this has happened to them, you know, just weeks. Ago. Yeah, hard right. to imagine. Thank you. All right, farm workers in Monterey County are also facing some enormous challenges, all because of last month's big storms. 20,000 acres of farmland have been flooded. Some of them are still underwater due to regulations. Farmers have to stay out of flooded fields for 60 days, which could throw off planting schedules and sideline workers. I was talking to some workers where they told me, and the entire week I just worked two days. The flood affects jobs and money, and, and those jobs and that money repercusses out into the community in terms of, you know, shopping at stores and grocery stores and what people do with their entertainment dollars. It affects everybody. The Small Business Administration and the U.S. Department of Agriculture are offering farmers assistance to try and help them get back on their feet. Well, people in San Mateo County who are still cleaning up from the January storms are also eligible for help. Our Max Darrow introduces us to a homeowner who is hoping the federal government can help him pick up the pieces. It's been several weeks since we experienced the extreme weather and intense flooding, but there are a lot of people who are still dealing with the aftermath and likely will be for months. I've been living in these boots. As he walks through a growing pile of ruined belongings, from work supplies to antiques, Victor Gonsalves is in the middle of what is the very tiring and draining process of moving forward after a disaster. It kind of makes you sad, you know. 
He is just one of many homeowners in Pescadero and in San Mateo County whose property flooded during the onslaught of atmospheric rivers at the start of the year. Everything that you see was water. Back there, back here, was like a lake, and only the thing was the house above the water. The flooding spared his home, but ruined things in his garage and in storage on his property, as well as a family car with an incredible amount of sentimental value. Yes, I don't know what to do with it. I was in tears over it. You know, because there's a lot of memories here. A lot. But despite the likely tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage, yeah, we need to get a container here, throw all this stuff out. Gonsalves considers himself lucky. A lot of people had more damage than I have. I want to know about people in Pescadero, that they need help. Help, especially for some of the farm workers. But as he and neighbors continue to move forward, they may be able to get some help from the federal government. Homeowners and renters in San Mateo County can now apply for disaster assistance from FEMA to help with repairs, costs for temporary housing, low interest loans for losses, and more. It doesn't hurt to apply. And if they say no, then it's no. And this is really where the federal government uh, has a role, stepping up uh, and helping people when they need uh, that help. U.S. Representatives Kevin Mullen and Anna Eshu represent San Mateo County. In a letter to the president, they explained people here need help. We do have uh, anywhere between 17 and $22 million uh, of damage uh, thus far. Uh, over 170 uh, structures affected uh, businesses and homes. We're hoping that this FEMA assistance can be something of a backstop uh, for those and perhaps fill in some of the gaps for folks who are, uh, whose livelihoods have been affected. Just try to do the best we can. That's all we can do. Gonsalves is hopeful he's seen the worst of the weather. Hopeful he won't need sandbags and tarps again for a while. There's still a lot of work here. And hopeful the availability of federal aid can make a difference for anyone also walking in his boots, or even worse. All right, you may want to pull out those umbrellas. After a much-needed dry pattern, we're going to see rain once again. It will be nothing close to the storms that hit our area last month, but you may see some slick roads tomorrow during your morning commute. So Paul Hagan is here to time it all out for us, and uh, I, I guess it's a welcome sight. It is, because we definitely still need the additional rain to continue eating away at the drought conditions that yeah. we've been in for years, which have improved, but we need to kind of consolidate those gains we've made. It may not be conveniently timed for yeah, the morning Yeah, it's not convenient for the weekend, but exactly. that's okay. Same thing for the weekend chance of rain. Let's track this first one, which is still offshore. We're seeing some moisture in the clouds, but this is likely verga, rain that evaporates before it reaches ground level, or in this case, ocean level. But our rain chances are going to go up overnight. The first showers hitting the ground of the North Bay, not until after midnight. The, most of the rain in the North Bay is going to hit the ground before the sun even comes up on Friday morning. It's still going to be some leftover puddles on the roads, though, for the morning commute across the entire Bay Area. The rain arrives a little bit later for the Central Bay, San Francisco and Oakland, but still the bulk of it falls before sunrise with lingering showers around rush hour Friday morning. San Jose and the Santa Clara Valley, the farther south and the farther east you go, the longer you have to wait for the rain to arrive, and it's not going to be as heavy, but still enough to maybe make things complicated for the morning commute. Allow some extra time, allow some extra stopping distance, but this is mostly beneficial rain without the significant flooding threat that we faced so often in late December and in January. We'll track that second wave of rain headed our way this weekend coming up in the full forecast in just a few minutes. Yeah, we'll see you in a few. All right, Paul, thank you. Fire crews in Oakland scrambled to knock out a three-alarm fire this afternoon around four. It happened on Aiken Drive off of Shepherd Canyon Road. Now, the fire chief says the blaze started inside a garage of a home and spread to neighboring buildings. 
Thankfully, no one was hurt. The chief also says it appears to be an accidental fire. An ambitious plan to redevelop the site of the Oakland Coliseum. So the city is negotiating the future of the site, possibly with a new sports team. But as Wilson Walker reports, the real deadline and the real headline is the history-making agreement behind it. Um, this is uh, something that has been a long time coming with respect to unanimous decision to allow an African-American-led organization to engage in a project of this magnitude. For the Oakland Coliseum Complex, the future is beginning to take shape, and it is black-owned. The African-American Sports and Entertainment Group is now in an exclusive negotiating agreement with Oakland in what is said to be the largest transfer of public land to a black-led group in the city's 171-year history. It has never come easy for black people, and it certainly has not been easy for black developers to build on this land. And so this is a milestone. Um, and we're starting from the bottom to the top. And so the community is going to buy into this project. The city officials are going to support it. The people in East Oakland are going to rally around this project. At 120 acres, it would be a multi billion dollar redevelopment project. And the city says the focus is on keeping it all local. To actually create between 20 to 30,000 new, good paying jobs. As for what gets built, there's talk of a convention center, affordable housing, hotels, restaurants, an amphitheater, or whatever the neighborhood decides it wants. We talked about, you know, the things that we can envision with community at the table and what they'd like to see, grocery store, film development companies coming up out of here. And so we even talked about a farm, some type of opportunity to cultivate, you know, or manufacture. Another possible addition is a WNBA team for the arena that push is underway. All of this, of course, separate from whatever happens with the A's. Their lease expires after the 2024 season. If their future does include Oakland, it will not be in this building. You may not think a runny nose in February could be contributed to allergies, but doctors say they are now seeing they are now seeing an influx of patients suffering from allergy symptoms much earlier in the year than usual. We spoke to a Stanford doctor who says one of the reasons for the early allergy bloom is climate change. We are seeing that the pollen levels are rising earlier in the season um, due to climate changes. We know that pollens and trees tend to pollinate more when there's higher CO2 uh, in the atmosphere. A Navy veteran from Chula Vista is celebrating after his four-legged friend was rescued after falling down a massive hole. The veteran was walking his dog, Indy, when it suddenly vanished next to him. He quickly discovered it had fallen 40 feet down into a hole, so it took rescue crews four hours to bring him above ground. And tonight, we are proud to report Indy is doing just fine, probably had a nice dinner as well. Thanks for watching the news. Continue streaming on CBS News Bay Area. We'll see you back here at 11 o'clock. Have a good one.